much horror business driving late at night. Psycho 78, 12 o'clock, don't be late, I said all this horror. Greetings and salutations, my name is Justin Lohr. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 69 of Horror Business. I love this because I had no idea. Oh my God, really? Jesus Christ. Yeah! (laughs) I had no idea this was 69, and I certainly didn't know you were going to play Cock Rock on our podcast. Okay, so... For episode 69, we did not plan this in advance, but this is our 2019 year in review. We're going to be talking about our favorite movies from 2019, and for that, we're bringing in the big fucking guns. We're bringing in the biggest guns. For this episode, we're bringing in Josh, the real deal, Alvarez. What's up, horror business listeners? Josh Alvarez here. The dopest of the dope. (laughs) I feel like we need so many sound things right now, like, oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 Woohoo. That's what it sounds like when we just talk to you anyway, Liam. It is, yeah. Stop. So, I've heard that your life is dope and you do dope shit. Confirm or deny? Totally true. All of it. Everything you've heard is true. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So. We're in a crazy mood. I got to say, just before we recorded, Justin's here in my house. I peed with the door open. That's how crazy we are. Wow. I had a pretty rough night last night, as anyone who follows me on Instagram and Facebook saw. Oh, no. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, The Vikings lost the fucking playoffs like a bunch of fucking bums. I hate the 49ers. My father's disappointed in me. And um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wait, how did this get so personal? My dad's a huge Vikings. I mean, he's not Why disappointed in me, per se. But I went and watched the game with my dad. And then as I was leaving, the last thing I saw was my father in silhouette sitting on my parents' porch with their dog, motionless. He's just not a happy camper right now. Poor buddy. Yeah. Yo, and then also, I ran... fuck sports, but go on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I got to agree, but... <laughs> also, I ran... And then afterwards, uh, at the grocery store, I ran into my crush from high school with her uh, her husband. That's never, uh-huh. that's never fun. Yeah. He's a judge, so... Yeah. So well, there's only one judge that matters, and they're bringing that's it down. True. That's all I'm I saying. I was about to say... <laughs> I was about to ask Justin if he brought it down. At the I did not. I did not bring it down. Mm. Uncle in Phil fact, is I the wish only I... judge that I care about, really, from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uncle Phil. The problem is this ignorance has got to be stopped. I was going to say I wish that someone would come and take me away. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a bunch of old smoke to me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was thinking about the discography. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Just the discography. So, right. <laughs> anyway, on this episode, we're going to be talking about our top 10 horror movies of 2019 and what we're excited to see in 2020. But before we get all of that, before we get to that, before we get to the good stuff, the meat and potatoes, get into it. Let's talk about the gravy of the episode. And the gravy, horrible metaphor. This is a terrible metaphor. It's terrible. It doesn't work on any level. No. What I'm trying to say through my broken brain, which I think I'm having a fucking stroke, is that this episode is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. You're the best. We are going to have some content for you guys soon. As as soon as the Council of Elders can sit down and have our fucking roundtable about Star Wars, which fucking Liam needs to fucking do, goddammit. <laughs> Yo, while I'm in San Francisco, I promise to try to watch Star Wars, maybe. Fucking dickhead. Have you not so, seen Rise of Skywalker yet? No, man, when do I have time for that shit? Bullshit. Uh, Absolute wow. bullshit. Actual I hurtful it. words. You guys have, 
I know you guys have no concept of what it's like to be a parent. No, but I absolutely have some concept of it because I woke up today and the first thing my grandfather said was, uh, hey, what are you doing today? And I said, I'm going to go do my podcast. He goes, okay, well, could we go to the store and then like five other places? And I was like, no, we can't. <laughs> I sorry. 100% can guarantee you I changed more diapers than both of you guys today. That's all I'm going to say on the topic. Well, yeah, it's my one hundred percent more diapers. I, went to the, I had to change because today. I went to the because I went to the work of potty training my daughter, and you refused to potty train your patients. So I also have never you. changed a diaper because that's disgusting, dude. Oh it's gosh. not pleasant at you, all. It had me totally no, thinking that God was real just because I was in hell today. Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! Anyway, if you want hey, to subscribe Patreon to our Patreon. <laughs> How about some more poo talk? I yeah. can't wait to tell you about all my daughter's poos. backslash Cinepunks. Jesus Christmas. To be honest, I'd rather talk about my poos. I love talking about my poos. I Sweet am sickened. Christmas. I am sickened and hateful of everything that my body produces, including any future children I might have. Or children I might have right now that I don't know about. <laughs> This is the worst episode we've ever had. I've always been Man. open with my detestment of the human body, so that's fair. I make that's no apologies. True. No, that's true. This episode is also brought to you by the premier screen printing company of the Lehigh, greater Lehigh Valley area. Now, Liam. Yes. Or Josh. If I, I said thought that to you, now I was supposed to do something and I didn't know what to do, and I was like, now, what now, Justin? What? <laughs> look, and I look, fucked it Josh. up. You just don't get it. Justin is putting on a performance over here, okay? I My entire life is, is a, a professional. He's a fucking professional. This is insane. There's a much higher performative aspect to the uh, horror business podcast on the Cinderpunks Network I didn't know about. My entire oh, I'm still low energy and a real bummer, but he really gets into My it. My entire Man. life is a performance to keep everyone else off balance so they don't know when to fucking come for me, so they don't know where I'm at, they don't know where I stand emotionally, and they cannot devise a plan to destroy me. This makes me think of... you in this. That's exactly what this. I think of when I make dance maneuvers. It's all oh, yeah, designed sure, to yeah. confound and confuse my enemies. Um, it's you, like Batman's cloak. You yeah. saying this makes me think actually of Jack Black. Which I know you don't. You're not a big Jack Black fan. I like him in High Fidelity. He was having a conversation on the Conan O'Brien uh, podcast, and Conan, because he's an asshole, kept pointing out when Jack Black would do the Jack Black, like he'd be saying something, and he'd oh. be like, oh, but it did. And Conan was like, "Yeah, you did it again. You did that thing. <laughs> Why do you do that thing?" And Jack Black had to finally be like, "I do it when I'm insecure, Conan. Okay, I get yeah, insecure, no, and I got to make a noise to." to make everyone you know whatever so i make funny noises okay conan and that's Conan's my entire like, thing oh that's funny that's funny that you do that i i tell people that steven spielberg sucked et's dick i tell people i'm a virgin um i now hate joe montana i eat copious amounts of fucking delicious dairy-free yogurt i i'm always on the cutting edge of the gimmick that i created and only i care about lehigh valley apparel creations if you have an idea for a fucking dumb <laughs> say you need a fucking uh, shirt of Spielberg actually sucking E.T.'s dick. Not a Josh, fictional shirt. Not a fictional shirt. Josh, where would I go to get that shirt made? To the Lehigh Valley of Power Creations and Chris Reject and his fine cadre of individuals printing for the Valley. Correctamundo. <laughs> and if for you the wanna... human race and for humanity. If you want a t-shirt that, se- that has a fucking ultra-realistic... Like Jason Burrow style illustration <laughs> of Steven Spielberg just hogging it all down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And on the back in like varsity letter font with blood splatters, it just says Steven Spielberg directed poltergeist. If you want to make uh. that shirt, 
And if you have such a the, good shirt, does that shirt not exist yet? Because if it I'm doesn't, saying, it should. I'm putting I'm putting this call out to the fucking universe, out into the ether. I'm casting the cosmic dice of fortune and hope. If you have the monetary means to make that T-shirt, let me know what I have to do that doesn't involve <laughs> money to get that shirt made. Oh my god! I think we just have to talk to Chris. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm no really genius. Take. I'm just saying. <laughs> I believe if I were like, "Yo, Chris Reject, hey, uh, Josh Alvers, yeah, I would like a T-shirt with Steven Spielberg filleting ET, and on the back, I'd like it to say in Comic Sans, Steven Spielberg directed Poltergeist." Yes, and it would probably come along with an answer that sounds like, "Yeah, man." Yeah, sure. Gotcha, dog. So, you, you, you got the art for that, or we got to yeah, work yeah. that together? I need a t-shirt where Steven Spielberg, director of Munich and Schindler's List, <laughs> and is sucking the erect penis and <laughs> is filleting an extraterrestrial. Fuck it. We'll go full-blown chaos into this and say it'll be the Rick Baker design for E.T. where he looks like a monster. Whoa. All the I, way every, in, 100%. Everything about in. this is terrible. This is the worst thing. I'd buy that for a dollar, at least. I'm fucking sweating. <laughs> so anyway, if anything, if any of the fucking gibberish that just came out of our dumb mouths intrigues you, you can go to <laughs> www.xlvacx.com. One more time, that's www.xlvac.com. You should go there anyway, because they do a lot of cool shit. Like They do like wrestling promotion now. They like do. Chris Reject is an actual wrestling promoter. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's basically... Vince McMahon, but uh, equal douchey. I would say he's like Vince McMahon, but worse. <laughs> uh, well, no, because I actually like the plots of his wrestling events. Accurate. So I think he's actually good at the wrestling part. So would you call him Leah Valley's Eric Bischoff? Sure, that's there. We'll we'll go with that. Sure, or, or or if we're talking about people who write for wrestling and might be good at it, uh, the Lehigh Valley's Bob Mold. There we go. There we <laughs> wow. go. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Rejack had asked Crosskeys to play the Let's Hang Out thing twice, and both times we had a schedule conflict, so I wasn't able to commit to it. And uh, I, I, an asshole. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want Chris to know that it's not because I don't want to play. You guys should play sometime. So when you guys play and you do the song about hating Morrissey, I can fucking mosh like an asshole and hurt somebody. There are actual you know, mosh parts not in a that bad song. Idea. No, I, I know. actually would mosh for that song. Yeah, that's I would go fucking idea. ape shit. The only reason I didn't mosh the, that one time I saw you guys was because like it was such a fragile old crowd, and there were so many expensive cameras right up front that I was like, I can't be that dude. Like it's just not in me to be that dude. You just got to knock all the walkers out of the way and just go for it, man. Just cartwheel your way right through it. <laughs> yeah. So, just go to www.xlvacx.com. <laughs> Check it out. Just look around, see if they got anything there for you. And if you're asking yourself. Does Chris Reject appreciate the fine sounds of floor punch? The fine sounds of youth of today? The fine sounds of any number of straight edge bands? Probably. Chris doesn't have awful taste in music, which is weird. Sometimes he does. He a little bit. But he, like he likes good things sometimes, but he also likes bad things sometimes. He likes good things sometimes. He likes terrible things all the time. That's fair. So <laughs> if you're asking yourself, is Chris Reject a proud member of the order? And by the order, I mean straight edge, not the Aryan white supremacy bank robbing gang from the uh, early 80s. Chris is not a white supremacist, and he's not straight edge. So This really went off the yeah. rails. Um, yeah, we've really gone somewhere with else. The, with yeah. the dick sucking. Oh, the it's dick a horror movie, all right. Yeah, it's a horror movie for sure. 
Now is usually the part in the podcast where I'd ask Liam what he's done in R recently, but we have a guest. Yeah, we do. So I'm gonna <laughs> wait. Have you guys wait? Let's cut in on this. I just want to quick inject. So you're telling me you've done horror things that aren't just preparing for this episode? Yeah, I went and saw Underwater, which I'll talk about shortly. Jesus fuck! Oh my god! Good work, sir. Crazy lies. Well, let's go to Josh. Maybe he has done something too. Josh, have you done anything horror related other than just preparing for this episode? Other than the horror of my everyday existence, no, I have not done anything at all horror related. Yeah, no, that's it. I didn't do anything. No horror movies. I finished watching horror or Hell House LLC, the entire triptych of that. Oh, the trilogy. yeah, you watched that whole thing, which is funny because you hate reality. I fucking uh, hate found, found footage, footage horror. But did you hate those movies? I did not. I quite enjoyed them. Great. I had a very good time. Yeah, um, they're fun, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not fraught in this, like, serious dread. Is like, I mean, you know, there's all these, like... Uh, questions of like afterlife and all that stuff and I'm, I'm down with it i get it it's fine but um yeah. there are some straight up creepy bits in there like the whole clown heads moving around and all that stuff like i, I was yeah. not happy i was not I, it was not pleasant you know yeah. i mean it was fun i had a good time but it definitely if it happened to me in real life i'd be super bummed you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> just saying yeah duh yeah yeah yeah. but uh, i enjoyed it what do you guys think you guys like those movies or what I've only seen the first two. I haven't watched the third one. I thought the first one was very good. I thought the second one was like fine, but not great. I yeah. haven't seen any of them. I'd say the third one follows the trajectory is not as good as the first one, but uh, it does its best to tie everything together. Um, sure. It's not as dark as the first two, which I really appreciated because like the first two are so dark. It's just this exercise in like pregnant pauses that really frustrates me. You know what I mean? And it's like, I get it that that's part of the artifice and that's like the whole apparatus of this type of horror movie. But uh, also, I'm good. It's cool. But uh, I, I actually again. thought those were pretty effective in the first movie. I thought the first movie was not smart per se, but effectively done. Like technically, we're going to do the best we can with this medium. And I thought it, it was pretty good. The second one was just kind of like, hey, remember that last movie? Let's do it again. <laughs> and, and, you know, it just wasn't as interesting, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like the intro- introduction of the creepy guy, you know, that sure. with the with the weird face. Like that was cool. And uh I don't know, just a lot of the background moving businesses. It's fine, but it's like come on, give me something I can put my teeth into, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just realized I was going to say I didn't have anything horror related, but I actually do have one thing that is horror related. What's that? I watched the I guess it's Moffat uh dracula series oh how was oh it? how is it the hbo oh. one or wait it's on it's on netflix it's or on whatever? netflix it's a net co-netflix bbc production nice um it, the sometimes when we say mixed bag we don't really mean mixed bag what we mean is medium like hey i there were you know this is just not as good as it could be so it was a mixed bag but sometimes when we say mixed bag we mean literally parts of this are very cool and parts of this are very not cool (laughs) and that's how i felt about dracula is that like it's a little corny it's you know if anyone who's familiar with dude's sherlock series which Mm -hmm. is ultimately stupid and corny but eminently entertaining um this tries for that as well like let's take dracula and we'll still make it like kind of cool and sexy and weird does he suck et's dick he does not Okay. Um, there's just a lot of there's a bunch of time jumping and there's a bunch of switching of characters. You know, Helsing is like actually like a like a worldly nun, uh, 
and they, do they gender swap the character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's a female Von Helsing who's this worldly nun who like is interviewing um, Harker. Uh, he's recounting sort of what happened, and it's it follows some of the general trajectory of the book, but it's not quite that. And a lot of it doesn't quite work for me. But some of the dumber, this is going to sound weird, but some of the dumber elements were actually the better elements. Like at a certain point, Dracula in the first episode comes for Harker, and the nun, knowing that Dracula can't enter unless he's invited, basically like goes into a whole like weird interaction with him at like the front gate, like kind of mocking him and like treating him like crap and then like all of that is very amusing for me like i'm sure there are people watching going this is so stupid she would never talk to Dracula like that and i'm like yeah i know but we've gone so far over the shark that now i'm having fun i absolutely would yeah i would sit at the front door and be like he'd be like hey could i come in i'd be like nope <laughs> roll credits well so so there's all these bats you know when he shows up there's all these bats and a big hellhound and she looks at a dog and she's like I, okay, you're, so you're Count Dracula. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, it's going to be hard to talk to you with the... The bats are a bit loud. Could you get rid of the bats? The bats go away. Okay. And then he's going back and forth, in the, and she's like, uh, it's nighttime. You don't have to hide in the dog. You could just be here. And so then he rips himself out of the dog and is nude, and then all these nuns come out with stakes, and they're sort of having a back and forth, and, sh- and he goes... You know, well, your army of nuns don't seem that tough or that uh, resolute. They're all staring at the ground. And and she goes, well, you're a nude man and they're nuns. They're not <laughs> afraid of you. You're just naked. And he, he literally kind of looks like, oh, yeah, right. You Shall know? I work up a boner for them then? <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, it has like kind of goofy stuff like that and then still tries to be serious, such as when he inevitably turns the table on uh, her it then tries to be scary and serious. So I'm like, you can't have me laughing at the dude and then try to get back. And that tonal shift happens the whole series. All, I think it's seven episodes, six or seven episodes. It's constant tonal shifts. Dracula's scary. Dracula's kind of funny and charming. Dracula loves talking to people <laughs> about stuff. Dracula can't wait to eat them. You know, like it's like... How, how is the portrayal of Renfield in this? Uh, he doesn't show up till towards the end. Okay. So there's a plot point that I don't know if... I think it's out there, but I don't want to ruin for people. But after the first two episodes, it completely leaves the book behind. Okay. But the characters in the new plot all are echoes of characters from the book. Okay. So there is... How much should I care about ruining Dracula for people? It's I want to see it. ruining it. I want to see it. I just... There's a, plot, there's a plot point in episode three that I did not see coming. Okay. But some people are going to see coming because it's from the people who made Sherlock who like pulling the... Rug the skeleton of the white fry from the grave and having him dance around as Renfield. I'll take uh, that as a yes. No. Oh, damn it. But that's it. That's the only hard thing I did. How about you? Tell us about this movie you saw. Uh, I saw a little movie called Underwater. Sure. It looks I awesome. Really, it is. Um, I My dad really wanted to see it, but then I went and saw it, and uh, my father, I think I may have touched upon this before, my dad is like deeply claustrophobic. Sure. To the point of like, it's like the one thing my dad is like truly honestly afraid of, aside from like me dying. This movie, there are so many scenes where they're like crawling in like, like a sort of industrial tunnel. And then you're like, oh, there's also six miles of water above them. And then there's this one, there's there's um, there's a shot where they're like, walking out across the fucking abysmal plain two miles to another station again under six miles of water so they're they're like walking and all this shit starts to happen and vincent cassell is like everybody turn off the lights 
<laughs> it doesn't sound like that at all. It's a very good Vincent Cassell. It is, yeah. Cheese croissant. So he's like, he's like, all right, everyone hit the lights because that's how they're tracking us. So they all turn their lights off, and there's just this shot from inside um, Kristen Stewart's helmet that is so goddamn unsettling because it's her point of view looking out into the fucking darkness and. This movie does a really, really, really good job of having this sort of like early 80s uh, like Carpenter Cameron sense of like not showing too much of the monster. Like the, the creature design is amazing and it looks awesome, but they, they, they use it in such a way that it reminds you of how like in like the thing in Aliens, what was really scary was that you really didn't see much of the monster except in these like weird little flashes. And that's how this movie plays out. It was so fucking good it didn't even need the sea monsters like this could have just been a movie about these people escaping from like an underwater station and i would have been like holy fuck i'm in and i'm fucking terrified but then like all this terrible shit happens which you're like that sucks that sucks a lot to be at the bottom of the ocean and like you're just it's just shit is going bad and then on top of that there's monsters um and plus the end uh, how was the how was the creature designed for the monsters very good. Uh, it's they they looked um, almost like weird, like deep sea. You know how there's like deep sea fish that have like those like mouths that don't look big, but then they open their mouths and they're fucking horrifying, and they have, uh, they just yeah. they can eat. That's what it kind of looked like. There's like there's like one scene where somebody gets swallowed, and it's like it's f- like it's just weird, but like okay. in a good way. I'm and then that. the ending. The ending goes like full-blown Lovecraft, and I don't mean just because there's like weird fish people trying to attack white women. Um, <laughs> uh, it's good. It's 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 uh, it was a great way to start the to, to start the year off for horror. A lot of the bad reviews I've read about it, they're just like it's just like an aliens ripoff and like an abyss ripoff. And sure, if you're an unimaginative person who's just like there's water and there's monsters, so that's like the abyss. I could see that. But no, I mean, anyone who knows me knows I love a good underwater aquatic monster movie like Deep Rising, Treat Williams' Opus Magnum. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I went and saw it by myself, and I was like, oh, that was that was that was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. It's a very it's 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 ninety minutes. There is fucking no fat. It is a perfectly paced movie, and it's just a good time. And Kristen Stewart is, per chance, if she's listening to this, I would fucking die for you. <laughs> Jesus Christ! She's, she's wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, she's I. Oh, she is actually. I think a highly underrated actress. Absolutely. Um, I've liked so many things that she's been in. Uh, I don't know that I would die for her though. I That's would. Intense. You guys remember when she wore the Minor Threat shirt to Comic Con? I do remember that actually. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Kristen Stewart. If you're listening to this, I'm the Clarence Williams III to your whatever the name of the actress was in Purple Rain. If you only believe in me, I would die for you. <laughs> Josh, have you Josh, have you seen a Personal Shopper yet? No, I have not. Bro. Bro. Yeah. Bro mine. Bruh. Check that out. Check, Check it out? out. What's it about? Check shopping? It Personally shopping? No, What's it's about, about a it's about a it's about a woman who is sensitive to spirits and who is trying to sense the spirit of her dead brother. She also happens to be a personal shopper. Ah. Just your That's typical touching talking to dead brothers as you shop thing. I got it. It's funny you should cool. say touching. 
It's funny <laughs> you should use the phrase touching. Yeah? Is it? Yes. You'll know why when you see this movie. Okay. Duly noted. I'll oh see the God. movie. Hey, yo. Uh, should we start our thing here? Let's or fucking what? do it. Yeah, man. I'm break? in. I'm nah. in. I don't need a break. No break. Okay. No break. Jacob, All right. No break. So what we're going to do is I just want to lay something out right now. My top 10, I picked on the premise, the not the premise, the criterion criteria for my films were, does this movie inspire a feeling of horror in me slash how well made is this movie? And that's how I balanced it. Okay. So what I'm going to do is go through, I have like my top 10, uh, and at the very end, before I get to my number one, I'm going to do some honorable mentions, but... Oh, so we're not going to go round robin? No, that's what we're going to do. You know what oh, I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, but that's what I'm going to do. Personally, I'm going to save my honorable mentions till the end. Oh, sure. I didn't even. My honorable mentions are the other horror movies I saw this year. I didn't make okay. a list. I should have made a list of honorables. Okay. So, Josh, go first. Your number ten. Come out the gate swinging. Uh, my number ten. I'm going to put Crawl. The uh, very good all Alexander right, Roger right. movie. That movie was so much fun. Totally unexpected. I didn't know what to think about it when I when I was like, okay, we're gonna watch a movie about alligators. The true horror is actually the state of Florida. I think we can all agree because yes, yes, yes. I've been to Fest a couple times, and they really nailed the uh, Florida ennui and uh, the shiftless uh, strangeness of that town. But um, I thought that that movie was super fun. I really enjoyed like um, the whole like swimming business in there. And the alligator, despite being CG and all that stuff, I still enjoyed it. I had a, a whole lot of fun with it. It was a, a good creature feature for me. I'm glad that the dog didn't get ate by a, a croc, so that was cool. Yeah. And um, I, I yeah. feel like it's a. I feel like it was a real triumph of pacing. Like I just felt like it was paced very well. Where yes. It wasn't overwhelming, but I was in it the whole time. And of like uh, interesting performances. I thought the the actors in the film ca- were part of what carried yeah, give it. Me they a, carried us the CGI alligators. Give me more movies about a desperate Barry Pepper with his yeah. back against the wall. Yeah. Doing what it takes to fucking survive in like an and like a hostile environment. Yeah. Super Outer space. Fun. Yeah. The bottom of the ocean, a volcano, anything. <laughs> yeah, I just I just felt like it had the right amount of like nothing's happening in its tents to crazy stuff then chill out again and 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 that sort of uh, hyping it up. Also, huge shout out. He's never going to hear this. To the director, writer, uh, whoever was responsible for this particular decision for making a movie about alligators attacking people and there's a dog in it and not killing the dog to evoke like a really cheap shitty emotional response. Right. Like the fucking the cojones on them to be like, no, we can make a movie that's going to like upset people without killing the dog. And they fucking did it. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, they killed lots of people. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. Which like, okay, <laughs> cool. They're Floridians yeah. though. So it's all, yeah, you know, it's fine. It's right. just the course yeah. of nature in that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, how about you, Liam? What was your number 10? Uh, a little movie marking the return of one Mr. Larry Fessenden. Oh that shit. That movie's called Depraved. Yes. So this is a uh, reimagining of the Frankenstein story. Uh, it's based very much in our more modern context of like, like bioengineering and weird sort of new science stuff, and then also very much connected to uh, PTSD, uh, our you know our culture of endless war that we currently live in, and people trying to turn their trauma into 
honestly some form of profit, some like next step in their lives that will sort of mark their transition from like uh, this this state of of constant war into into something else. So um, it it deals a lot with memory and it deals a lot with uh, you know kind of the issues around morality and humanity that the original Frankenstein did. And I you know I love me some Larry Fessenden. I'm a big fan of his. So. Uh, I I know it was a, it, it was a little under the radar. Big shouts to our man Joe Yannick uh, for putting that out through Yellow Veil. Hell yeah, uh, shout out to And I think it's actually one of three, no two, Yellow Veil pictures on my list. Maybe two. I'm gonna say two. Are you sure? I'm not actually sure because I don't know who put out my number seven. But we'll see when we get there. Okay. Uh, my number ten was a little movie called Bliss. All right. Yep. 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 Yep, shout out to the homies in Death Crux for being in this movie and for being the perfect band in this movie. I just really like this movie. I don't really know what else to say about it. I think we talked about it briefly on a prior episode. Um, it was just a really, really very sleazy L.A. movie, very sexy, very... Gooey. Very gooey, yeah. It, it had It had the goo of body melt. But without the melting bodies, they just it had so much blood and viscera. It also had the kind of sensuality I want from a vampire movie. Yeah, it's very much like it's clear from the beginning it's a vampire movie, but it's very much not filled with vampire cliches. It's its own kind of vampire no. Movie. It's like if you combined what vampires actually are, you know, in real life when you interact with horrifying them. undead creatures who wait in ditches to fucking attack you, right? With like what I want from a woman who is someone who's so <laughs> attracted to me, she's going to rip my skin off and devour me body, mind, and soul. This got really dark. Josh, have you seen this movie, Bliss? No, I have not. It sounds amazing, though. It's very good. It's very good. It's re- it's also very much about, we should say, addiction and about the way that sometimes artists convince themselves that they need something else to create. Yes. They need that extra something to like perform the way they need to perform. To live, by the way. It's also about living on the edge. This is a painter. Yeah. Our main character is a painter who, if she doesn't sell a painting, she's not going to be able to like make her rent or pay her bills. Yes. And we're not... We say living on the edge. We don't mean the... Favorite of Liam O'Donnell Aerosmith song, Living on the Edge. <laughs> Nor do we mean the straight edge. <laughs> I hate that fucking song. I, it's one of those songs that's in my head because of the 90s. Yeah, it's like, also your favorite song of all time. Uh, I just said that. <laughs> uh, you're such a piece of... Du- hey, hey, Josh, what's your number nine? Uh, number nine, I'm going to go with uh, Brightburn. Fuck Another, yeah! Another uh, fucking dark horse pick for me that I was not at all prepared for. Um, when I heard the premise of it, I was like, "Oh, so basically this is the Omni Man subplot f- from uh, Invincible," and uh, yeah, it was basically I, that, and it, it it turned the corner into actual creep territory. So I was into it. Number I take nine. your semi deep cut from comic books, and I raise you. This is actually the childhood of the Plutonian from Irredeemable. You fucking nerd! Whoa! Look at that! Take Man. that! Take that! Taken. I'm sure there's another reference I could make, but I'm not going to because I didn't like this movie. Yeah, it's uh, also J. Michael Straczynski's uh, Supreme Power, the opening plot of the Hyperion. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. I mean, not really, but it totally is. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought that um, the I thought that the, the scares in it were earned. I felt that um, What's-Her-Name was really good in it as the mom. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. I This movie doesn't make my top ten. Um I didn't hate it, and I, but I, I did feel that it was like one or two plot choices away from being 
like legit amazing to me. Like there were a few mm. scenes where if they had done it differently or they had changed a few things, it could have been like a really interesting. I mean, not that this movie wasn't interesting. I'm a sucker for a Superman gone bad story. It just uh, give me all of them. Uh, but no, I, 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 it definitely takes a concept that needs to be um, looked at a lot more, which is uh, we cannot trust Kryptonians. We just can't. <laughs> I'm I'm on board with not trusting Kryptonians or any other superpower. Daxamites either. I don't trust that, them. for that. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Anyone shows up with superpowers, we should murder them. Like I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah, but, that's uh, your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what but if the their superpower movie, is love, though, Liam? Get the fuck out of my face. But uh, but uh, <laughs> but the actual movie, it just wasn't for me. It, it was it was. This is the sort of movie that not only did I dislike it, but I disliked it in the sort of way. Where mustering up all the reasons I dislike it right now is like just feels like a a bridge too far, just a task beyond my abilities. So I'm gonna go ahead and say dissenting voice. Yeah, sorry that Wes Anderson didn't direct it and it wasn't fucking Twee. <laughs> I also haven't I mean, seen that would have been cool. You know what? That actually sounds like a really good movie. Yeah, that would be really good. Yeah. Fact of the matter is, I haven't seen nearly as many horror movies as you guys too. As much as I do enjoy horror, I'm just saying. You know, if Brightburn's no, on my you. list, it's because I haven't seen as many horror movies as you guys. I do want to point out that uh, on my list are three films that I've only watched this week knowing we were going to do this episode. So I don't <laughs> want to give up this idea like, oh yeah, because I have a horror podcast, I watch horror all the time. We watch a lot more old horror. When hmm. it comes to new yeah. horror, I try to catch it, but I can't always get to the theater. Yeah, you could yeah. keep that. Uh, I have had my list solidified for weeks now because I watch horror movies all the fucking time. I know. You're a fucking loser. We all know. Okay? I know. I am a loser. Ask my parents. <laughs> Stop it. I, I went there. I, I went there. You. I hate you. What's your number nine, Liam? Uh, a little movie called Ready or Not. Very good. Also on uh, my list. I uh, Well, yeah. And some of the ones that other people have said are on my list, too. But I'm going to wait till we get there. So it'll go that much faster. Okay. Um, ready or Not. Here's the thing. Um, I I've seen some discussion about whether this is even like a horror movie or not. I think uh, I think you can't think of it as just like a, a violent action film because of the supernatural aspect. It's straight up about Satan. You can't have that much murder and Satan in a movie and be like, it's not really a horror movie. Like anyone who on. says this movie isn't a horror movie can get fucked by a Wookiee and kicked into a volcano. Ready or not, here I, I come. Man, I definitely watched. I definitely watched other horror movies that are on my list that I actually thought were a little bit scarier than this movie, but I found this movie the other thing I like from horror, which is like supremely entertaining and charming. Yeah, my mom liked this movie. Yeah, it's like again, I get it. It's not that scary, but it is kind of gory actually for a movie for a movie that's this not scary. They actually have a bunch of parts where you're like, oh, yeah, gross. Okay, <laughs> gross. And 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 I appreciate that. And so like. You know, uh, I know not everyone's looking for charming in their heart, uh, and, and a lot of times I'm not. I like to be really uh, made uncomfortable, but sometimes I am looking for charming, and this movie was charming. Uh, it had a sufficient amount of uh, opportunities for me to hate rich people. It's probably my my third of the of this year behind Parasite and uh, Uncut Gems as opportunities to be mad about capitalism, but. Uh, but I gotta say, it, it, I just thought it was really cool. So it's my number nine. Gonna find you and make you want me. My number nine was a little film that I feel proud to call a work of a brethren, the girl on the third floor. 
Oh, uh, right. I don't know this Fair- movie. Uh, it stars uh, one Mr. Uh, CM Punk. Who no, I, what, what's his real name? Phil Sims, I believe. Phil Sims. Yeah. This was just a... I, I know a lot of times when I'm struggling to give a movie credit for something, like I don't like to say bad things about a movie when I'm discussing it, especially if I don't know where the other person stands. So Liam has heard me say this when they're like, hey, what you think about this? I'm like, it was a lot of fun, which is like my coded way of saying like I just wasn't nuts about this movie. But this movie actually was a lot of fun. Uh, the way I described it to people was imagine if um, Evil Dead 2 also had a subplot where Ash was trying to fix up the cabin. Sure. And the house just kept fucking with him. And then there's a lot of goo. Yeah, I heard it's very gooey. It's, I, there's I really, goo everywhere. I really want to see it, uh, but I just haven't had a chance to catch it yet. It's a lot of fun, and I, it's it's highly recommended. Okay. Girl yeah. on the Third so. Floor, it's called? Girl yeah. on the Third Floor, yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to try to see it soon. It's on my to-watch soon list. All right, what's your number eight, Josh? Number eight was a movie that I saw at the film festival, uh, and it was a movie that everybody was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a real fun jaunt. Not the words I would use. Um, it's a little, uh, I believe it's a Swedish movie called Dogs Don't Wear Pants. What I want to see it so bad. I oh, my God. It this. is the oh, most uncomfortable dude. I've been in the movies this year, I think. Oh, man. I want to see it so bad. This, it, is on, this is definitely on my, I think it played Fantastic Fest, too. And it's on my list of like things I saw on a festival. I mean... It, it to be fair, this hasn't gotten wide release yet. It's definitely a festival film. I've literally never, I've never even heard of this oh, movie, bro. It was definitely on that list of trailers I sent you, dude. I you know, I, I ignore everything you send me. I so. know you hate. So me. the movie is about this dude who like loses his wife in like the first little bit. She like drowns, like this horrific drowning accident, and like it's really shot very beautifully in this like very delicate way. Like it starts out underwater with her dying. And then, like, he has to live past that. And as he does, he realizes that he's, like, truly detached and, like, emotionally paralyzed. And um, the only way that he finds out that he can um, move on as a person is through the BDSM scene. And he meets this dominatrix named Mona. And he uh, explores this weird part of his newfound, like, eroticism kind. But it's, like, really uncomfortable. And it's, like, you realize that, like... All of this is just his attempt to connect. And the true horror is like he has a fetish for suffocation. Holy shit. It goes in all these like wild directions with this backdrop of BDSM. And the say less. I'm already sold. Like I'm 100% in. Yo, it is fucked up. It was one of those movies that we went in and me and Melani were like, all right, cool. A little, little, little whips and chains. Sure. Why not? And then as it moves on, you're like, I need a shower and at least two to three Gatorades and a toothbrush. Like this is, <laughs> yeah, this is bumming me out on a level that I'm not at all equipped to be bummed out on. But ultimately, I thought it was really affecting, and uh, it really is like through these channels, a meditation on loss and identity. And uh, I found it to be very effective, and it's it's really good. So yeah, this is my number eight. Dogs don't wear pants. I really need to see. I'll, I'll add that. That's on there with a uh, girl on the third floor for me. All right, Liam. How how about you? What's your number eight? Uh, it's Crawl, which we already talked about. Cool. Yeah, uh, great just, movie. Just re- just reiterate. I love animals attack films, so I haven't enjoyed a new animal attack film for a long time. So that's really for me why it's so high on my list. I was like, 
oh, wait, this is an animal attack film that I really, really enjoy. I'm in. You do enjoy a good animal attack film. Oh, fucking Alligator is a brilliant film. Yes, it is. Super fun. My number eight was a little movie from, uh, I guess we could call him friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, David Marmer. One Bedroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have not heard of this. about that movie to put on my list. What it is it? Was, um, it's a movie about this woman who finds like the perfect apartment in Los Angeles, and it turns out that it's, we'll just say, not the perfect apartment in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, the way I described it, uh, I wrote a review for it for Cinepunks. The way I described it was if, if Mulholland Drive was David Lynch's like love letter to Los Angeles, one bedroom is the fucking SOS beacon from Alien warning people to stay the fuck away from it. Wow. Heavy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's hard to describe because part of the point of the movie is you discover what's going on with her, so you don't really want to say, but let's just say nefarious things are afoot that she discovers, and when it's fully revealed, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I knew, <laughs> I knew something was going on, but when it's like the scope of it, I was like, oh, okay. All yeah. right. Um, and it never, it never, uh, it never falls over into needlessly cruel, which was my fear when when it really starts to get into it. And I think people watching it might start to feel that anxiety too of like, oh, where are we going with this? Is this going to turn into something else? And it doesn't do that. It's all of it makes sense. It's all, again, it is cruel, but it's all makes sense for what the movie is. And it's never like, oh, this is just some like. Bullshit. You know I mean? Yeah, I, and it's one sense. of the things I really liked about it is that the director like fought for the ending. Yeah, which, yeah, totally. which I, I I appreciate like someone taking a stand for their art against. Um, I mean, not that this movie was like produced by fucking Warner Brothers or anything like that, but <laughs> it was it was good to hear a guy like, no, 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 this is how the movie's going to end because it's the only way it makes sense. Like, I'm not gonna right do it any other way. All right, Josh, let's jump up to number seven. Number seven is a movie that Liam made me watch by a director who I typically dislike, Mr. Gaspar Noe, and it's a movie yeah. called Climax. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, it was one of those movies that we had to watch for uh, for another show, and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, I fucking Cinnabon. hate this dude." Yeah, I was like, "I'm not, I'm not a fan of this dude." I, I saw Irreversible, and I was like, "Yo, fuck this shit. I'm just not beat for this kind of." Like, so you're not a fan of you're not a fan of Vincent Cassell's performance in Irreversible. Nah, man, your boy's okay. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) And uh, yeah, then so Liam made me watch this. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, like Liam will tell me to watch a movie that I'm kind of not pumped on, but I'll watch it because Liam watched seven Fast and the Furious movies for me. So I what sure am I going to say? He no. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't be like. No one ah. says no to Leo Danello. <laughs> Leo Danello gets what he wants. You know what I'm saying? Hey. And uh, so, so much. That's how you sound. So I was just like, you know what, man? Let's give this a shot. Now, given my penchant for musical uh, musicals, I love musicals, and for uh, creative and inventive ways of filming dance sequences. This movie had all of that shit for me. And then when it devolves in that third act, I was like, yeah, this is an awesome movie. And I, I had to like be like, you know what? Though it pains me to say so, Liam was right. 
So uh, yeah, so that's my that's my more like my... Gasper. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's my number seven, baby. Number I seven. I believe it's pronounced Gaspar Noé. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This movie's actually on my list as well, so I'll just talk about it briefly here. Why I'm at it, I'll just add that I watched this movie with no subtitles and no <laughs> overdubs, and really? I yes, and I still understood what was going on. Oh yeah, I bet you did. It uh, especially like that. That says to me like that's a really well done movie and as anyone knows me knows that i'm a how can i say this without making a bad et pun i am a sucker for spielbergian long shots <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> and the I fact that this it. movie uh he sucked et's dick oh right 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 yeah um <laughs> i really love the opening sequence of this movie like that fucking dance sequence yeah so i good. felt i felt like i was on a drug i did I didn't do a drug. I felt like I was on a drug. Drugs or what I imagine being cool. on a drug would feel like. Yeah, drugs are cool. Anyway, go on. <laughs> that's I, all I, I got to say about that. I didn't put Climax on my list, but that's really just because I forgot about it. I think I would put it on my list. Or at, at least equal with like uh, number 10 or number 9. It was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed my number it very seven, much. My number 7 is a movie that I, I think it just became available on VOD. It was like a studio, uh, or not a studio, a festival film. And I kept hearing people talk about it from various festivals and wanted to see it. And then it managed to hit uh, the streaming stuff right before we were going to do this episode. So this is a little movie called Daniel Isn't Real. Fuck yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You guys were gushing about this. Huh. It, yeah, I was Laura gushing was, all right. Laura was psyched on it. Oh, I was gushing all right. <laughs> so this is a basically a a a, a, a best uh, uh, what's it called imaginary friend gone wrong scenario. Basically, it's like a dark. It's like a um like a dark a, a, drop dead Fred. I was about to say it's like a dark drop dead. Holy Fred. fuck! <laughs> it really no. What's so funny about that is it literally is a dark drop dead Fred, except for when it's revealed like what's actually going on with this imaginary friend it's so much more upsetting than anything which don't be wrong drop dead fred is actually an upsetting movie so yeah, i'm but actually drop saying dead fred drop dead fred isn't inspired by fucking hieronymus bosch right exactly this is a <laughs> hieronymus bosch nightmare it also deals with a lot of like masculinity and a lot of like i think working through toxic masculinity and what people expect of of men and how men perform certain things and it, there's very much a gender thing going on here that is part of the narrative that I thought was very well done. It's not it's not like traditionally scary, but I was pretty on edge most of the film. Uh this movie's on my list as well. I'll talk about it. Um one of the things that that really got me about this movie was the examination of the um inherited um the inherited nature of certain kinds of mental illness uh i have a uh one of my friends grew up with i'm not going to mention any names even though i don't think you guys know her um her younger sister is friends with my younger sister and her, her older brother went to high school was like two years ahead of us um the three of them their mother was schizophrenic and then when we were when i was like a maybe a sophomore in high school and her brother was like a senior in high school her brother just went fucking like just lost it one day and then uh my friend started hearing started having these episodes where she would hear voices um she was having these horrifying intrusive thoughts and i remember hearing that when my friend was having this 
what it must have been like to be the youngest sibling in this family watching this schizophrenia work its way down the family line. And then uh, what happened was is she was uh, laying in bed with her fiance one night and the it was like a windy night and there was a branch tapping on her window and she realized she had a problem when she was like, it's tapping out Morse code telling me to stab my fiance in the throat. And that's when she went and was like, I, I, I need to get help because she was convinced that this tree was like tapping out Morse code, like kill your fiance, kill your fiance, kill your fiance. So that's what I was thinking about when I was watching this movie was how mental illness can be passed down through the family. And you don't know one of the scariest things. And I'll talk about it later on because we talk about it in one of the movies. I, I mentioned one of the movies is being terrified of your own thoughts. Right. And that's what this movie is. uh you know that that that's what this movie deals with a lot is you know you don't know is this a separate entity telling me to do this or is this my own like compartmentalized toxic masculine fucking sidekick yeah and 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 honestly the the way that uh the performance of this other thing is connected to part of like maybe what you feel like you lack or, you know, your own self-image, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very upsetting film in the best possible way. Yeah. Go ahead. My number six is Climax. We already talked about it. My number seven <laughs> was also the name of my favorite song by the Australian emo band Jebediah. It's a little movie called Harpoon. <laughs> That's a good fucking song. It's on the Jimmy World split. It's the same Jimmy World split that No Sensitivity is on. Bringing it back. Wayne Firehouse, 1999, motherfucker. Uh, Harpoon is amazing. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know how to begin to describe this movie. It's uh, uh, a, a comedy of errors. A Coen Brothers movie gone even more wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's on it's, a boat. It's a comedy of errors in which none of the errors are funny, but occasionally funny things happen, but they don't lighten the mood because the mood is horrifying. Yes. Yeah, it's just a really... <laughs> It's a fucked up movie. I have no idea what this movie is about, just so you know, as a person who hasn't seen it. No, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. I don't know what to. Let's. uh, Three friends go on a boat trip, and the boat trip goes wrong. Yeah. Perfect. That's what we'll say. Um, That's the plot for Gilligan's Island, but go on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's. I mean, if Ginger was fucking both uh, Gilligan and the Skipper, there you go. Wow. Or not Ginger, not not Ginger, the Professor and Marianne. <laughs> the Professor and... This is going horribly awry. Bring it back, no, no, no. bring okay. it back. So, so, so one of the things that, that related to me about this movie was, uh, I'm not going to, again, not going to name any names, I am very good friends with the current husband of my college girlfriend, so they probably, they're probably listening to this right now, whatever, and one of the things that my college girlfriend hates is when her, her husband and I hang out and we're just like kind of like we're not like hey who's got a big a dick but like Whoa. i think he and i bring out like very very unappealing parts of each other that we both find funny about the other person sure. but they're like the things she hates most about us right and we're both like very similar so it's like whenever we hang out we become the worst versions of ourselves to her sure and i love it i think it's hilarious so i'm watching this movie going like Fuck, that's like what that's what it's like for Thrill House when me and Mike hang out. Like that's that's what it's like. We just become these insufferable assholes. And she's like, I wish I were dead. <laughs> so I that's that that's harpoon. That's a 
a fucking blast of a movie. Yeah, I mean, that's like just to address what you were saying a little bit, Josh. It's definitely a movie where you can't say that much about it. Like we could, but I just think you don't want to. There are no sea monsters. Yeah, there's no sea monsters. Treat Williams doesn't kill anybody in this movie. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. All right. Number six, Josh. Number six on my list was another movie that you nerds were not shut up about. And then I finally managed to see it on the streaming service Shudder. That rules. Should air. Should air. And it's a little movie called Lose. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was really, really uh, interesting. And you guys did not sell it short despite your incessant jibber jabber about it. And um, our, our tendency to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you guys? You should do a podcast. But um, yeah, it, it was good. It was, <laughs> I really enjoyed it very much, and um, I found it to be pretty transgressive in uh, in its delivery. I the only reason it's not on my list is because it was on my list last year. Uh, I think if I was, I think it, it would probably be good to limit my list to like stuff that's available to everyone. But we were so just floored by it last year that I had to put it on my list. We're also ahead of the curve. You could well, just say it. No, I mean, whatever. I wouldn't put it that way. But yeah, yeah I just think it's very well done. <laughs> it's very smart. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to waste any further time on it because you guys uh, won't stop talking about it. So, Or at least you wouldn't stop. for a minute. Stop. So, you know. Stop. I mean, making the rest of us feel me, bad me, that we me, couldn't me, see me, it. Me. It's cool. Eventually, I mean, you'll see dogs oh, don't wear pants and then, you know, you'll feel okay about it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. that's true. Uh, it's not like you get to go to movies for free all the time, <laughs> six times a week, you motherfucker. Liam and I go to one festival for free, one one fucking weekend out of the year, and suddenly we're the assholes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't I hear you over all the free movies I get to watch, but go on. <laughs> You're such a monster. Leo Donello's going to make sure you sleep with the fishes. <laughs> my, uh, my number six is Bliss, which you already discussed, cool. but uh, uh, I really liked it, and I really appreciated how gooey it was. And I really like the soundtrack. Okay, your turn. My number six is Climax. Back to you, Josh. <laughs> Josh, what's your number five? Number five. Uh, number five for me was a difficult position. I put two movies on this one. I put It Chapter Two, which, Ooh, you know. bold move. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. It closed it out for me. I'm not a Stephen King stan like a couple people on this show uh, <laughs> whose names rhyme with uh, Wustin Lore. Busted I'm not drawer? saying any. Yeah, I'm not saying but um, I really did. Bustin' Boar. I had a very good time watching it, and um, I did read the book, and, you know, it's it fine. I mean, I haven't read it for a long time, so, huh. you know, but I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time cool. with it. And um, But that is a, a tie with another movie that I saw twice. I saw um, a Jim Jarmusch movie called The Dead Don't Die. And, uh, you cool. know, horror-com. I don't know if that constitutes a, you know, horror-just, but... Um, the story goes that I saw it on a uh, press screener and it was really fun. And then they did a second press screener of it with Jim Jarmusch in attendance. So I went to that one as well. And uh, as I was standing in the lobby waiting to uh, have my seat, Jim Jarmusch walked by and I walked up to him and I was like, hey, man, I love this movie. That's why I'm here for the second screening. And he stopped and he was like, wait a minute. You saw The Dead Don't Tie? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I really would like your opinion after the screening. So then I had yeah. to wait and talk to him afterwards, and it was really fun. So uh, that's yeah, almost... <laughs> dead don't die. That's... Very good story. That, that that's as that's as awesome as your Phil and Selmo story. 
Yeah, but Jim Jarmusch isn't racist, so it's that true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much Jim Jarmusch has drank white wine that night, but he did not do any weird racist stuff, so it was cool. I guess he didn't. He didn't praise any ancient symbols of good luck. Definitely did not. Definitely did not say you, white wine. I or, still haven't. I, I still haven't caught Dead Don't Die. Dude. It's so should good. I, should I prioritize it? Yes, absolutely. It's the only reason I haven't watched it yet is that that's a definitely to watch with Susan. It's on my to watch with Susan list. Yeah. So I have to wait till we have time to both sit there and watch it together. Yeah. You know? uh, Josh, you, you and Melani also made Bill Mosley horrifyingly uncomfortable on a bus. Did I make yeah, that up or did. did that happen? No, no, that it wasn't a bus. <laughs> it was a boat. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it even was, worse because he can't even get off. Oh, dude, it was the San Antonio Riverwalk tour, and we were just like, oh, wow. Well, we're going to sit next to Chopped Off. <laughs> he moved. <laughs> were you going to move on a boat, pal? Yeah, yeah. And we were, it, it also was more uncomfortable by the fact that we were like one of three people on the boat. So it's not like, oh, look, my other homie's over here. It's just Bill Mosley getting up and then literally walking elsewhere to sit so we don't sit there <laughs> just Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's not all Milani's right. fault. It was me. I'm not even going to pretend yeah. like my wife had anything to do with how creepy that was. It was all me. That's fine. So my number five is Harpoon, which you already talked about. I'll just add that um, it is surprisingly uh, gooey. There's not a lot of gore, but there's one or two moments that made me supremely uncomfortable. And uh, it has a turn that I didn't really see coming, but I thought really worked for the movie. So uh, if you get a chance to see it, highly recommend Harpoon. Justin, what's your number five? Daniel isn't real. All right. Back to you, Josh. <laughs> okay. Uh, number four. Uh, ready or not. You guys heard of it. Okay, go on. Boom. Very good. Very good. My number four is a little film uh, called In Fabric. Uh, Talk dude, about this I movie. totally have Talk not seen about that this. yet. Tell me about this. It is this. so good. Okay. It's so, an A24 movie. It is, I believe, the guy who did... Um, uh oh, Duke of Burgundy. Ah, I think it's a Duke of Burgundy slash. What's the sound movie? The movie about the sound, Barbarian Sound System. Oh yeah, with Did you guys um, see either a one Quiet Place. You're talking about a Quiet Place. The sound. Oh, I fucking hate you so much. No, Barbarian uh, Sound. Uh, that Barbarian Sound Museum. Um, a little band called Broadcast did the soundtrack for it right before that young lady died untimely. Yeah, so yeah. it's a haunting soundtrack to a wonderful movie. Uh, yeah. Side note, I could be wrong. I think that's who directed it, but I, I could be wrong. Anyways, it's it shouldn't be as good as it is because it's so it's it is on paper no better than Deathbed the Bed That Eats because it is a killer dress. But the artfulness of the direction the seriousness of the script, the unbelievable performances of uh, our main characters, I just thought it really worked. It was haunting, even if it wasn't necessarily scary, uh, and it really pushed the lines of ridiculous. I like movies that really push the line of like what you're willing to put up with, and but you still stay on board, that you never jump off. Like They're just really like, okay, this is going to happen now. Is this okay? And you're just, okay, yeah, let's, okay, all right, let's keep going with this. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say too much about it because it's, it's available to stream all over the place, and I think if you haven't watched it, you really need to. Uh, but In Fabric is, um, I think, one of the second, I would say the second most artful horror movie I saw this year and my fourth favorite. Can I just say something real quick? You're going to think of being an asshole, but I'm being sure. 100% sincere. Sure. You really know how to sell a movie, and you really know how to talk about movies, and yeah? I really appreciate that. Yes. I just oh. want to say yeah. that. In you a, should in start a, a podcast abs- about movies. 
<laughs> in a moment, in a moment of absolute sincerity, and I'm being a hundred percent serious. I love the way you talk about movies. I appreciate that. Yes, I appreciate. To be that. fair, I love that as well, and that's why I'm still doing Cinepunks despite. You know, being all the way over here in Philadelphia and away from my Valley family. But Liam's be, to, uh, dissection of movies is one of my, the most entertaining things in my life. Just to be fair, I still think of Philly as Cinepunk's home base, even it if it doesn't really make sense. It makes sense in my brain. <laughs> I mean, they didn't blow up the Chicken Man in Bethlehem last night. No, they definitely did not. <laughs> unless, unless something happened I don't know about. Right. Justin, what's your number four? Crawl. All right. All right. I kind of like the overlap because it means that this episode won't be too long. Banging it out. Keep it going. All right, uh, Josh, here we are. Number three. Let's do it. Us. Boom. Oh, yeah. So us only just didn't make it onto my list, and I think I have reasons for that, but I want you to talk about this is pretty high. Number three, that's a a scene of honor, I think, in this this world. Uh, Talk about us and, and how much it meant to you. Us, to me, when I saw it, it was, I found it to be very unnerving and very, like, all the things that, like, when you watch a horror movie, when I watch a horror movie, not being as well-versed as aficionado as you guys are, you know what I mean? Like, I like the feeling of discomfort. I like the feeling of uh, uncertainty. And I like the feeling that there are stakes at play. I really, like, you know, you watch movies like, uh, we grew up watching, like, your Friday the 13th and all, and Nightmare on Elm Street, and, you know, the characters are just fodder for this horrific monster. And I get it. It's fine. But a movie like Us, to me, presents some real stakes and real consequences to the actions of the characters. Um, It's just fucking beautiful to me. I thought it looked amazing. And, uh, yeah, that Hands Across America shit was fucking weird. And I remember that shit from when I was a kid. And that there's a movie about that is like, yo, are you fucking kidding me? This is tapped into exactly what gives me nightmares. And, um, yeah, I fucking loved it. Number three. It's on my list as well coming up. So I'll take this moment to talk about it now. A few things I liked about this movie. One, it talks about, it taps into my primordial fear of tunnels. Sure. And Whoa. underground shit. Sure. It is an, enter- it's a wildly entertaining movie to the point of like, both my parents watch this and I was like, dad, what you think about us? He's like, well, I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I had a good time. I thought it was cool. Like he really liked the part where, you know, Alexa, call the police playing NWA's fuck the police. Like it's a, so it's good. such a fun movie. And it, it's also like, it's a... I don't know if I'm maybe just getting nostalgic because like, you know, this was like Jordan Peele made this movie after George Romero died. But this movie just feels like a love letter to like what George Romero was trying to say with his movies in that like the basic idea of like, here are these villains that look like we do, but they are not us. Mm-hmm. They used, you know, they're they're similar to us, but they're so different that they are now the enemy, which is basically what Romero was trying to say. Um, and then, like the fucking end, where it's like it shows that it's happening all over the place. I, I, I just, I just, it, uh, yeah, it was just a, just a, a, an incredibly fun movie. And the fact that it, you know, the Lost Boys Easter egg was was great too. Super fun, super fun. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, yeah, very, okay. very well, very, very well done. Very upsetting movie. Like I said, I liked it a lot. I'm, I, I, I just don't think I, I loved it as much as some other people. But in the theater experience, was like pretty intense there's moments yeah. in there that i was like oh, i i at this point am comfortable in saying that like this new generation of horror filmmakers jordan peele is at the forefront and i loved winston duke before this marvel needs to fucking buck up and make an umbaku movie that's just yeah, they him do. hanging out like just doing <laughs> cool shit man I mean, that would, would be a dope I movie also, i would be 100 percent in i would also like him in some sort of uh 
saucy romantic movie. Yeah. I'm just saying. If you want my, <laughs> you want my opinion. <laughs> What's your number three? Give me your a little opinion. movie called Tigers Are Not Afraid. Ooh. <laughs> now, now, he was watching it when I walked in. Now, here's the thing I want to say. It's weird to put this on my list only in that um, this was on people's list like two years ago. This is one of those movies that did really well on the festival circuit and then just had like a weird sort of coming out. And I don't think it ever really played theaters around me. It might have played in Philly, but it never really had a release in theaters in the Lehigh Valley ever. So, um, you know, I feel like I've known about this movie for so long, and it took me forever to make the time to watch it. Well, to be fair, Birth of a Nation just got a release in the Lehigh Valley this year, so... Is that true? No. Oh, I thought you meant the uh, remake. <laughs> no. Uh, make the movie that uh, the Woodrow original. Wilson showed, the first yeah, film ever showed the Yeah, favorite film yeah. Of, the, of his presidency. Burned down every fucking building named after him. Yeah, god damn it. Um, <laughs> after we've emptied it out and yeah, you know, everyone's safe hurt. and no don't, one gets hurt. Don't hurt anyone. Yeah, don't, don't hurt anyone. Uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid is a film that is embedded in uh, the drug wars of Mexico, in the horror of narco violence, in the uh, community that is ravaged by that. Uh, it very uh, easily names uh, the ways that we in the U.S. are not paying attention to it. It very much sort of touches on the, the terror of being a child in that environment. Uh, and it is a kind of like weird magical realism. Like it's just... It's it's a supernatural film that doesn't play into the stereotypes of a supernatural film. It's not a ghost movie per se. You know what I mean? No, I this movie didn't make my top 10, but it does get an honorable mention from me. I think while I was watching this movie, I was just like so so on it, but that the ending it was just really beautiful. Right. Like there was there was something that was like very very innocent and almost like um like an Enya song. Sure. <laughs> without being corny and weird. Without being corny. No, yeah, I yeah. know exactly then, what you're talking about. And then I don't know if it's just like the Mexican influence, but I felt like this movie was like absolute del Toro worship, but not in a bad way. Right. It was a movie that was like, here, I'm going to take this, this the influences of, of this other filmmaker, you know, from the, from the same country and just here is a tribute to him. And I don't know if that's what the movie was. I don't think it was because it, you know, this isn't, derivative of del toro's work it just it feels like there's 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 dna in, the, in this movie from that but um i was telling liam i don't want to spoil anything but there is a part in this movie that comes out of left field where i was like oh fuck wow that uh who that that's right up against the line of what i'm like okay with seeing in a movie i think i think for me the film needed to get there because of the horror of the reality of the situation. Yes, absolutely. And it's so upsetting. Oh, it's not it's it not unwarranted. To... No, it's yeah, earned. but I, I think it's a decision that I think even though it's earned, part of me would be like, but why make that decision? But then I thought about it, I'm like, well, compared to what the real world is, this movie's actually soft. Oh my god. Until yeah. that moment, the movie is a softer version of the reality that these folks are facing. And then when that happens, you're like, oh, oh, there's a little bit of how well, it, the thing is, it really is. is. I, I was like watching this movie and like the drug lords like, if if I find you, I'm going to shoot you. And they're like terrified. I'm like, uh, if he shoots you, you guys are getting like, that's like, that's as good as it's going to get. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just, I mean, just look, go Wikipedia, cartel violence in Mexico. It's just, a, it's, it's horrifying. It's a living hell. And, and remember that the, all those cartels are in power because of us. Okay, good. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> my number three was, um, I was trying to think of something witty to say. I got nothing. Tanks run dry, guys. 
<laughs> it's going to be somber the rest of the episode. <laughs> that You're really tickled by that. That's hilarious. Go on. Uh, the Mike Flanagan, Stephen King adaption. I was going to say Gerald's Game, but that came out last year, and it's not that anyway. Dr. Sleep. Ah, I still haven't this seen is, it. This is something that me and Justin have... have this is something that Liam's wrong about, and I'm right about. We have not seen eye to eye on. However, is it as offensive as Justin straight up saying that Parasite was boring and he couldn't finish it? No, I actually respect Doctor Sleep. And I'm, I think I'm a truth teller. Work. I'm a truth teller. I'm I'm Easton's answer to Ricky no, Gervais. I'm You're a truth a teller. Fucking Ricky Gervais Edgeworth. I'm a fucking truth teller. Uh huh. Just um, thank your God and get off no, stage. No, cool. Go back to go back to the hangout with Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, um, and... so Doctor Sleep. Now. Anyone who knows me knows that I am a certified Mike Flanagan stan. Also, this might come as a bit of a surprise. I don't know if you guys know this. I love Stephen King. Did you guys know that? What? I know. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. It's weird. Esteban Ray, as they call him in... in, I've always been telling people that you're a Peter Straub stan. I'm more of a Dean Koontz person. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, when I found out that Mike Flanagan was directing Doctor Sleep, I was fully on board. Was this movie what I wanted it to be? In regards to adapting um, Stephen King's book, absolutely not. I don't want to bog anyone down with details. Go read the review I wrote for it on Cinepunks. That'll explain it far more than I can at this point right now. I like to judge movies based on the merit of, of, of how they make me feel, of what, what, what feelings they evoke in me. And this, this movie evoked this feeling of... It, it's a movie about like dealing with trauma and childhood trauma and and how like that shit just gets passed down the line until someone has to make it stop and oftentimes making it stop comes at a cost in this case you know whatever um so it's 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 a deeply sad movie and it's also horrifying I, i mean this was a movie i went and saw they had an early release like the day before halloween um, and I had to walk out into the into the lobby and 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 call my mom because I was like I I can't watch this fucking movie because I I'm like fr- I'm I'm freaking the fuck out. Uh, it, it's a movie that has like a lot of hard and like like um like a lot of fucking it evokes a feeling of horror and revulsion inside of you. So that that I mean that's why it's so high up on the list is that this movie I think more than any other movie this year it just it really when it came to inspiring that sort of like blunt feeling of just absolute emotional revulsion, it did it. I mean, and it's also got a ton of performances, has my future ex-wife Katie Parker in it. Um, <laughs> uh, and it just, I, 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 I don't know. I, I really liked it. I, like I said, you know, it's, I'm coming out of the closet as a Stephen King fan. I'm now free to be who I need to be. And uh, yeah, Dr. Sleep, number three. All right, all right. All right. I like it. Josh, number two. Number two, The Lighthouse. I loved it. I don't give a fuck. That movie was my shit. It gave me a nightmare. People will notice this out of my list. I just didn't think of it as a horror film. Uh, I'm not saying it's not a horror film. Like I wouldn't argue that with you, Josh. I just want to be clear because people will look at my... It's on my top films of the year. And some people are like, well, that's weird. It's one of his top films. It's not on his horror list. I just didn't count it as a horror film. But I don't think you're wrong. I think it is, in a way, very much a horror film. But this also let me talk about more movies. So talk about what what parts of it gave you nightmares, Josh. That movie is like if the record Leviathan by a band called Mastodon became a reality for me. Shit. What a good pull. A heavy fucking movie, man. And uh, 
we talked about it on the year end Cinepunks episode because it was also on my list for there. But um, yeah, man, I just loved the direction of the movie that um, aesthetically it is just designed to make you feel uncomfortable and boxed in. And it's very effective in that. And also in the sense that, um, as I had said before, that most black and white movies, you know, the attention is brought to the shadows and the, the brightness of the whites, right? Like the contrast between the two. Um, this is the first black and white movie that I've seen where the focus is on the depth of the black. Yes. And that in and of itself is such a bold decision that like you can't, I couldn't look away. And that gnawing darkness that is pervasive throughout this movie is just on the edge of where monsters live for me. So to me, like the, just the wild claustrophobia of it being just the two characters and the, the unnerving um, imagery of like the, when he bashes the, the fucking seagull against the cistern, like all that stuff, like what the fuck? And just, there was just so much about it that I found to be very haunting and very like, I mean, it's a very human story as well. Right. Like it had everything that I wanted out of a horror movie and it, I found it to be very effective. I, uh, this movie's not on my top 10 list, but it does get an honorable mention. Just a few things about this movie. It is one of the most intense films I've ever seen. Sure. Uh, I actually had to like pause the scene and kind of like get myself back together. The scene when Willem Dafoe is, I don't know what horrifying sailor poem he's quoting, but he's doing yes. that like weird, like King Lear, hark, hark, and he's just screaming it at Robert Pattinson. And the whole movie, they're just on 11 the entire time. This movie is, and it's it, 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 it's it's not just like the Oceanside setting and there's like the hallucinations. I, I think this movie captures uh, an important element of Lovecraft fiction in that there is madness. Right. Just outside your fucking point of view. It's just outside like your line of sight. It's if, it's if you just turn the corner fast. It's enough, right you'd there. See it. And I don't mean like tentacles. Yeah. I don't mean Cthulhu fish people. I mean fucking madness. It's there the entire time. This movie is so steeped in insanity and just fucking lunacy the whole time. I I I, just, I, I finished it and it was just like I gotta go to bed now. It's eight thirty, <laughs> and it's a Friday, but I'm going to bed because it's just it's it's I'm 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 all used up. I agree. It's also really it's it's also like powerfully homosexual. Just watching it, just like just oh just yeah. just kiss, just just kiss, just yeah. for a second. <laughs> yeah, they might have already been fucking. Oh right? God, I hope so. Okay, my I mean, number two. That's the other thing about that movie that it was shot in that weird aspect ratio. So good. Which is so genius to me. I'd never seen anyone do that before, honestly. Like, whenever somebody shoots in a, in a different aspect ratio that I've noticed it, it's always to show more of a grandeur. So it's like a broader, like, more, like, bigger depth of field kind of thing, like in a Western or, like, war movies and stuff. Like, I feel like... Uh, yeah. 1917 is a perfect example. This movie was made in uh it's like 1.19 to 1. Like I forget what um what the actual technical spec is or whatever. But it was more boxy and thus going further into the isolationism of the movie. Fucking brilliant. It it came off when I remember when they first announced um what this movie was going to be and it was going to be in black and white and it was going to be in that aspect ratio. It kind of set up like a red flag for me because I was like, okay, is he doing? Is he just be like pretentious, 
Like, what are his, what is, what is Eggers trying to do here? But then when you watch the movie, you're like, oh no, that's like a distinct choice. That it, it's almost like, um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's not, it's not like a character of the film, but it, that story could not be told any other way without that weird, like claustrophobic, like almost it felt like something was like just look at this like fucking look at this right here yeah. and i i don't think they could have pulled that off in in any other any other uh aspect ratio i agree i agree all right my number two is a little film that we've talked about quite a few times both on here and on cinepunks and that's midsomar i've heard of it it's just Midsommar. never heard of it I like, yeah i like saying it funny um uh yeah it's uh it's a film that i think there's a certain amount of controversy around. I think there are people still who hate it, who don't understand why anyone likes it. Uh, but, you know, as I was thinking about the the horror movies I saw this year, it's the one that I thought the most about. It's the one that I was kind of the most excited to rewatch and think more about. It, it you know, it was just such a singular experience seeing it. And I've seen it now twice in the theater, which is just crazy to even consider. And once at home. And, uh, and it's just so good. I, I still haven't seen the director's cut. Uh, maybe my opinion will be affected by that, but I don't think it will. And I just think it was it was a singular moment where uh, we were discussing it in a lot of different places, and a lot of people who I wouldn't consider big horror people were discussing it, and and it was just it was just a part of our culture for a little bit. So I feel pretty pretty good about that as my number two of the year. It was actually us watching that at that at the screener was one of my favorite cinematic events of the year. Actually, right? Oh yeah, I was so excited. That was that was yes, yeah. so excited. That movie, so much fun. Um, I, I've I've talked about it at length, um, and you two know because we saw, like like you just said we all saw it together. I wasn't hooked on this movie when when we walked out of the theater. Right. Uh, much in the same way that like I wasn't crazy about uh, Creep or Lords of Salem at first. I only realized how much I appreciated this movie like hours later when I was like, I was just like making dinner and I'm like, I was just fucking thinking about Midsummer. <laughs> and what made this movie truly haunting to me is like, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I have the tendency to frame things and not necessarily in a hyperbolic sense, but in more of a exaggerated humor, humorously sense. When I say this movie made me question every single decision I've made in every relationship I've had as an adult, I mean that. <laughs> and particularly, I, uh, my girlfriend from grad school, who thank the fucking gods I'm still friends with, my breakup with her was probably the most hard, hardest thing I've ever gone through uh, romantically. And her name was Danny, like uh, the main character in this movie. So I'm watching this movie thinking about sorry Dan I didn't mean to blow up your spot watching this movie thinking about like oh fuck oh god damn it like and then the more I'd think about it the more it's like am I that guy am I the asshole boyfriend who is being a monster without even realizing it and I think that's what got under my skin the most and I I, I truly don't understand how people just brush this movie off as easily as they not not that this movie was is some like like a unrecognized gem. I think it's pretty widely critically acclaimed, but you know, it's the same thing how people are like, you know, with the witch, like nothing happened. And and people were like Uh. writing this off and it's like, Oh, it it wasn't as intense as hereditary. It's like, were you watching the same movie as I was just because like, you know, kids weren't getting their fucking heads bashed off. This movie was very intense, uh, just in a completely fucking different way. I agree. 
We've come to the time, gentlemen. Josh. Yes. Drop Wait. it on us. Uh, Midsummer. Go on. That's oh, no. Number one. Yeah, no, that's my number one. Midsummer. That's your All number right. one? Yep. Uh, Did you, you didn't say your number two. Us. Oh, right. There you go. Uh, my number one. I get. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that we're about to uh, come to blows. No, my number one is. Are we talking about called. ET's dick again? <laughs> no, my number one is a little film called The Swerve. Whoa! Yeah, me and Justin have the same respect. Number one. I knew it. I knew we were gonna have the same number one. I knew. I, I haven't seen it. it. Holy fuck! I mean, to be fair, you know, we're not being fair to our audience entirely. Not everyone can see it. It's not like out there, out there yet. But um, it will be soon, and you need to see it. You need to need to see it. Shout out to future fucking hard business guest Dean Capsellis, who, oh my god, uh, suck. Well, I don't even know what to say about this movie. Um, you want to talk about a movie that makes you afraid of your own brain? Um, this. Oh my! I don't even. I don't even know if there's anything really to say. Like that hasn't been. We haven't said already. This is such an incredibly uh, moving and just eviscerating movie that it it really just fucking grabs you in the bits and it it it, uh, it just I don't know. It's it's an experience. Yeah, I mean, we've already said a lot about it. I guess uh, when we talked about it on the show. But uh, for in case anyone missed it, this this is a film that is very much in the realm of like falling apart, unraveling. I mean, when people say psychological horror, they don't actually mean this. They mean some other thing. If they they don't want to say horror movie, they just make up a yeah. I know what you mean. It's a psychological thriller. This isn't a psychological thriller. This is a a horror film in which someone is losing it, and you're watching them lose it, but not in like the obvious ways. It's like every you know, a film in which uh, uh, a woman is put under immense pressure and slowly comes apart is not that surprising. And yet this film, again and again, I was like, well, didn't see that. Oh, nope. there we go. Oh, here's another thing. Uh, and it's a combo of of guilt, of uh, trauma, of a feeling of like, insecurity and like am i worth something do people care about me it's about families you're the family that you grew up in and the family that you create it's about reaching out for human connection it's about just the way that enough things can go wrong to make that one day the worst possible day it's like the killing joke where it's like everyone is one bad day away from being just like our friend the joker it's also the um it's the cinematic version of the quote from one Hank Garfield, noted scholar. It's not my imagination. It's gun on my back. Yeah. That's how this movie feels. It's like wow. this woman is falling apart and she's like telling her husband like there, there, there's, there's something wrong here. I, I need help. And he's like, just get more medication. She's like, no, no, you don't understand. There's something really wrong here. No, 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 no. It'll be, it'll be fine. Her fucking children are monsters. It, it's such a, it's it's such a, it's oh god, it's such an isolating, paranoid movie. I, I, I there, I don't know. There's nothing I can say without just falling over myself and keep saying the same thing over and over again. I just, I, I, I do, I do want to say we've done the thing that we do sometimes where our thing that we're really excited about. Not everyone is going to love this. No, no, no. And if you don't like this movie, 
I understand why. Yeah, this is not a, if you don't like it, fuck you. This is like a, why don't you like it? Yeah, I feel that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it made you want to die? I totally get that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just think, it, besides all the, we're describing a lot of the movie, like the plot, uh, or, or the ways that the plot made us feel. I also want to say it's artfully, very artfully directed, amazingly shot. The performances are unbelievable. I just think it, you know, it was one of my favorite movies of the year, and it's certainly my favorite horror movie this year. Yeah. I want to talk about some honorable mentions before we go into what we're looking forward to seeing in 2020. Uh, we talked about Midsummer, so I, that's a gets an honorable mention. Uh, the Hole in the Ground, a little movie from, yep. from Liam's Homeland, Ireland. I like that movie a lot. A uh, little movie called I Trapped the Devil. Still haven't watched it. Great movie. Uh, Ready or Not, which we talked about. Seeds, which would have made my top ten, but made me so uncomfortable. I don't ever want to see that movie or talk about it ever again. <laughs> uh, it Chapter Two, which, you know, despite its despite the fact it's Josh's favorite fucking movie of all time, and right. it's 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 better than Aliens and Halloween and ET combined. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> you know, it uh-huh. was it, it it uh it had it, it it I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say like eh, it didn't scare me. It scared the fuck out of me at several points. Um, so I just feel the need to be like Andy Machete. You tried. That's all that matters. And you succeeded largely. Just not enough to make it on my top 10 list. I'm sorry. I'm really excited about your remake of The Howling, though. Uh, The Dead Don't Die, which we talked about. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I thought was fun. Wrinkles the Clown. Did either of you guys see this movie? No. Nope. You should see it. No. No, 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 no. It's not what it's being marketed as. Okay, I'll see. I'm, see, I'm it, 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 like it ends up be. It, it starts out as this movie where like, okay, what the fuck are they doing? And by the time it comes around to what it's the story, it's really trying to tell. It's like a Hallmark movie gone right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I, I'd but, watch that. All right, but, I'm in on you that. You know, it's it, it's like imagine if like imagine if Bob Gray instead of being like an extra dimensional monster that was like hunting children, he was just like a misunderstood guy who's like, no, I just want to make kids happy, but uh, you know, I um, I just eat them on accident. You know, it's just like that. <laughs> Just, wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, little movie from, uh, I guess, friend of the podcast, Cameron McGowan, uh, Red Letter Day. Wrote a review for it. We interviewed him. He's great. Uh, little Monsters. Really oh, like yeah. That movie, that movie oh. was great. I love that movie. It was really good. I, I, I just yeah. forgot it. That's I should have put that on my list. I really like that. Sweetheart. If you guys saw that. I haven't watched it yet. Fucking nope. um, awesome movie. Awesome movie. This apparently played... Brooklyn Horror Film Fest last year, but didn't get wide release until 2019. Uh, Antrim? Yeah, I saw you talking about it, and I haven't seen it. It's really weird, but it's really good. Okay, I'll check it out. These kids go to hell to save their dog, I think. Oh, okay. Ah, and then they, That sounds they, amazing. Yeah, and then they, they fight. like There's like sort of like Choptopian rednecks that they go against, I think. And then the dog's there. I don't know. Wounds, starring Army Hammer. Pretty cool. Like he doesn't eat a peach full of cum. You know, I was disappointed, but you know, what do you want? Happy Death Day to you. Oh, that I was forgot, fun. Th- I forgot that as well. That is a very fun movie. Blast of I a movie. I don't know if it'd be in my top ten, but it's very yeah, fun. Yeah, it's honorable mention. Uh a movie called Belzy Buff. Did you guys hear about this? Not nah, dog. No. It's pretty cool. It's uh it poses the question of like um what if Jesus Christ actually came back during the Crusades and the Crusades were like a mechanician by the devil to kill the second coming? And um, Satan is like slowly consolidating his power over the earth by killing babies who may or may not be JC. You know, yeah, the big, you know, Jesus yeah. de Cristo. Yeah, 
It's very right. good though. It's it it has a um it has a rather intense opening scene where I was like, eh, this movie keeps up at this pace. I'm gonna have to turn it off. But luckily, it didn't. Uh, the Lighthouse, which we talked about, never heard. And then of a it. movie. Yeah, no, 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 no. I never heard of it. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no, no, no evidence on the movie. internet at all. Yeah, no yeah. evidence of me talking about it. And and finally, a movie that um, I heard about when I was out in L.A. back in April. You know, I go to L.A. You know, I'm in L.A. I'm in Hollywood. <laughs> when I was at uh, <laughs> when I was at Monster Palooza, uh, there was a, a a a guy dressed up as a character from this movie handing out free copies of this movie. Uh, it was a little movie called Dry Blood. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, Clint Carney, he, the, the the guy who's and I think he wrote it as well. He's like a friend of a friend. It's okay, like it's not a bad movie. It's 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 perfectly fine. There are a few scenes in it though that are are so well crafted and fucking scary that it really makes the whole rest of the movie feel like. Oh man, I really hope they don't do that again because I'm gonna have to like shut my computer off sure. and, and and be afraid sure. till I fall asleep and then I have nightmares about it. So what what uh what are some movies in 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 the year of our Lord 2020 that you guys are looking forward to? One hundred percent. I don't know what's coming out horror wise. Fucking asshole. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. I have no idea what's coming out horror wise too. I could tell All you right. that uh I have a couple things that are coming out in 2020 <laughs> that I'm pumped on, but not horror movies. Are they are they Fast and Furious movies? Uh yeah, of course, always. Stop, but um, yeah. I have a new podcast that I'm working on currently that I think you guys are going to be psyched on. Okay. It's, uh, it's going to be um on the Cinepunks Network, and it's going to be called Rock and Roll High School, and it's going to be about um punk rock songs that changed your life with uh Sharon from the Ramams, and I think it's going to be a really uh, interesting conversation show. So I'm pretty pumped on that. Uh, well, new records coming edit- out. As head editor, I haven't approved this yet. We'll see. Once you uh, send me a couple demos. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, when once presented for your approval, uh, I'll hear one <laughs> way or the other if it's good Josh, or not. But um, it's Josh, awesome. for the for, for Melani's sake, do not get Leo Danello mad. <laughs> oh man, Leo Danello mad at me is not a thing I want to have happen in the yeah, year of our Lord twenty twenty. Oh my God, I'm saying if you if you maybe put a little uh, a little uh, Ben Franklin in there with your submission tape. Oh, okay. Little uh, little grease the wheel, little payola, huh? Little Little Benny Frankie in there, <laughs> little actually, Frankie just, Fountain. Yeah, I was I like gonna say that. I'd settle for some Frankie Fountain. Actually, <laughs> so would I. Their lime rickies are amazing. We should do that. Let's fucking go there and get I'm lime down. rickies. Well, let's go. all in. Let's let's go. All right, what are you excited for? I I literally just I don't I didn't have time to check it out. Um, well, you know, podcast stuff. Uh, I'm really thinking that we're gonna make London After Midnight happen. We're gonna yeah. make it happen. Yeah, it's gonna fucking happen. Do you want people to know about this thing? Uh, I don't want to tell anyone what it's about, like on the podcast, but we'll just say that if you like, we're working on a project, I'm working on a project, that imagine if the podcast Serial or the Atlanta Monster took place in Derry, Maine. Nice. That's all I'll say about it. So just all look forward it. to that. It's going to happen. Um, I'm looking forward to a movie I'm probably going to see next week called The Turning. Oh, yeah. Looks good. Uh, I'm also looking forward to... Fucking Richard Stanley is back in the game, baby. The color out of space. I need to see it. I'm really excited Starring about it. Starring the greatest American living actor, Nicolas Cage. Um, wow. 100% in. 100% in. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. When the this next movie, when I first heard about it, I was like, man, I'm not going to see that. But the more trailers I see about it, the more I'm like, that looks kind of fucking good. Gretel and Hansel. 
Oh, I think it looks great. I'm not going to really lie. Excited about that it. movie yeah. looks kind of terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about Come to Daddy. Yep. Liam's I, favorite I Apex Twin song. Yep. Uh, I'm also excited about After Midnight. Um, I don't know that one. It's I. It's it's like a Moorhead and Benson. I, they didn't. Oh. They're not. Per, they're not directing it, but they had a hand in it. Okay. Um, it's got. Uh, it's like a movie about a guy who breaks up with his girlfriend, and then there's a monster. Henry Zabrowski's in it. It looks fucking cool. It looks cool as shit. Yeah. Um, I'm also excited about the new Moorhead and Benson movie, uh, Synchronicity. I think it's called. Oh, I don't know anything about it. It looks great. Uh, VFW, another Joe, Joe Bagos yeah. film. Oh, yeah, Still that looks about. amazing. Yeah. Uh, against uh, against my better judgment, I'm not gonna lie. The Invisible Man. I'm kind of intrigued. I mean, I like her a lot, so I'm willing to give it a chance because of that. Hey, man, third time's a charm for the fucking <laughs> for the, franchise, the Dark Universe. Huh? Yeah, right. They got to get it right this time. Um, Saint Maud. St. Maud. Oh, God. I'm so excited about St. Maud. Oh, God. That trailer looks really good. I don't want to say I'm excited for A Quiet Place Part 2. But you are. But I am. Do I want to hit John Krasinski in the face with a pie? Sure. 100%. Right. But I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be there over the night to see this movie, and it's probably going to scare the fuck out of me like the first one did. Antlers. That trailer looks fucking dope as shit. Been seeing that trailer for a while. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it had already come out or not. No, it comes out in... uh, Comes out on April seventeenth, a few days before Prince Day, and then uh, the day after my birthday, April twenty fourth, a little movie called Antebellum comes out. Oh yes, I'm very excited about that. Ooh, fucking Janelle Monae, hell yeah! Uh, what else is on here? What else is coming out? Last night in Soho, looks cool. Yep. I'm thinking of ending things. Don't know about that one. Uh, it's called I'm Thinking of Anything. I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and it has Tony Collette in it. I don't think I need to explain anything else. I'm in. Uh, and 100% then in. The Platform, uh, which, no, 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 never mind. I was reading the wrong thing. Sea Fever, which we could have caught at Brooklyn Horror, but we didn't because we're dumb. But it looks cool. We just couldn't see everything. Yeah. We couldn't see everything at Brooklyn Horror. Uh, a little movie called The Vast of Night, which is about... Uh, a teenage phone operator and a local radio DJ in 1950s New Mexico set out to solve the mystery of a strange frequency that's invading the airwaves in their town. And that's it. There's nothing else in 2020 I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I mean, other than our continued friendship and growth as a That too, and empire. you know, when if Donald Trump gets voted out and fucking shits himself to death. And when I convince... Oh, am I just... a new hardcore band? Yeah. And the band we're going to start to piss off Liam gonna be so sick no more bands in 2020 oh baby you don't even know what's coming your way <laughs> okay i gotta go make dinner for my family okay so we're gonna so josh up. thank you so much for for for, for thank you guys in. so much for having me i love you guys both very much thank you for Th- being on josh so you're much really love. good and i so love much talking love. to you so uh yeah you can you guys uh josh you want to give any shout outs where can where can they follow you they know where to follow you're fucking cinnabon yeah man uh i don't know if they were in the yeah just follow me i don't know I'm Pochi, really po, 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 pogey fat boy. Joey Angel on Instagram. Hey, it's Joey Angel. Hey, Joey Angel. Hey. Pogey fat boy on the Twitters. Yeah, so, yeah. cross keys. I don't know. I'm everywhere. <laughs> go, go, go buy that cross keys record. Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember, if you're if you're checking us out on iTunes, remember to rate, review, subscribe, and download, download, download. XLVACX.com. Check us out on Patreon. Thank you, our patrons. And remember, Steven Spielberg, absolutely 100%. Directed Jaws. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> you motherfucker. Smoke bomb.
<laughs> Don't talk, just listen. Under the black sun there is no hope. Only mystery, wonder, and danger. Black Sun Dispatches on the Cinefunks Podcast Network. Anyone hear us? This is Trey Lawson. And I'm James Hickson. Anyone can hear this broadcast. We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night. Man-Thing. Ghost Rider. And so much more. If you can hear this, please contact our families. Tell them we can be found at... You can find James and Trey every other Wednesday at the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. See you there, Tomb Believers. Ha 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 ha!